0: Welcome to an all-new episode of Let's Talk About AEW, or aka Let's Talk About Everything Wrestling. My name is Corey Richmond, formerly of the WorkShoot Wrestling Podcast, and I'm joined as always by Harry from the Wrestling Purist uh, Facebook group. Harry, how are you doing today?
1: I'm wonderful.
0: Corey, how you doing? I don't believe you're wonderful. I believe you're just miserable <laughs> and happy like the rest of us. No. No. Um, <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm, I'm doing good. I mean, we've had a week to kind of digest the uh, what we spoke about last week, the tragic uh, death way too early of a uh, f- former wrestler, uh, ROH great, former Impact GCW, World Tag Team Champion, Jay Briscoe from the Briscoe Brothers. Um, this week, we will be talking about Jay Briscoe, uh, once again talking about Roth uh, 30, uh, the Royal Rumble preview, and maybe a couple of things as we go along. But uh, but Harry, I guess you know after last week's show, this is the first show that we had to do that was kind of a deep, you know, not just you know joking around, me making stupid jokes, and you know you you going and trying to be the straight man to my insanity looking back what was it like you know actually yes of course for years you've spoken with friends you know in groups about these type of subjects but what was it like to actually have to go and put your out you put yourself out there a little bit and actually give your opinion on a hard subject not just you know is Vince coming back but you know actually talking about the loss of a life you know I mean the first when I did that the first time with with uh, Jason on the Workshop wrestling podcast which of course all those episodes are still up wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, we we've we had we had to do that. You know, quite a few times. You know, Macho Man Randy Savage last year. I'm sorry, two years ago with uh, the Brody Lee, Chad Sh- Gaspar. You know, there's a a lot of guys that we've lost, and almost you know it, it doesn't dull your senses the more you talk about these things. But I'm just wondering, as someone who's a little bit newer into the podcast game here, how did it feel to have to kind of like talk about that type of subject?
1: It was bittersweet. Um, I I feel that uh, it was kind of therapy in a way. It was good to get it off the chest and especially talk to someone like you, who I, we have a lot of the same stance and uh, I felt comfortable, believe it or not. I, you know, I know we're newer to each other. It's been a couple months, but I felt very comfortable and I was able to speak it, you know, speak whatever was on my mind, but uh, it's, you know, I'm not saying time heals all wounds, but I think you learn to cope better. Yeah. Um, I've lost both my parents, you know, in the past, you know, and I've lost other people in my life who are influential. Uh, today's the three years of Kobe Bryant, you know, and I'm a big basketball fan you know, Kobe and I were the same age and we talked about that, you know, last week. So yeah. that, you know, it, it doesn't go away, but you learn to cope better. So a week later, I'm a little bit better with like, I'm not crying in my truck all the time. I know it sounds kind of, you know, ridiculous because I I didn't know Jay Briscoe, but I felt I did, you know, I felt like I I know him just by following his career and watching all his matches. And, you know, you become, these people become influential people, you know, in your life, even though you may not know them outside of where you're watching them or observing them. But uh, so it was bittersweet. Like I said, Um, I'm glad I got it. I mean, I'm glad I was able to talk about it. Um, it's sad that I had to pop my cherry talking about Jay Briscoe. Uh, you know, I'd rather talk about someone older who had a you know a long, fulfilling life. Um, but I'm very blessed to be able to have the platform to speak of it with you.
0: Okay, I totally understand. So that that leads us into our actual first subject and. I'm going to put the link in the description so people can watch, even if they don't have Honor Club. Um, AW owner Tony Khan went, and I think we spoke about it last week in passing, that this tribute show that ROH did, which unfortunately, which we'll get into more just details about Time Warner and uh, Warner Warner Discovery, initially not allowing them to honor Jay Briscoe on the air, but both of us today had a chance to watch on the ROH YouTube channel the uh, the tribute show uh, tribute uh, a tribute to life and a celebration of life for Jay Briscoe. Uh, three hours and five minutes. Uh, it contained a couple of classic matches. It contained some heartfelt uh, interviews from his colleagues, some who knew him a little bit better than than others. It was uh, thought it was a very interesting look at these guys when you go and when you're at a character you know and you see the true um uh feelings of a person i mean i don't know if you got a chance to watch you know if you you know you know there was the matches there was new matches but there was also you know samoa joe basically saying how he felt eddie kingston christopher daniels you even had um one of the members of the Guns, which I thought was a very interesting story. I don't know if you had a chance. Very to hear telling that. story. Very telling very story. Telling. Of, uh, yeah. You know, you even had Zalf Ziegler, Ziegler's uh, brother was, who basically only met him for a few moments, and how this guy, you know, influenced people, and you know, you you get to go and see another side. Like the the, the one thing you could almost think of about, because we're we're both about the same about the same age was when, you know, Owen Hart and Eddie Guerrero and even, you know, Chris Benoit, which we found out later on, maybe we should have mowed a little bit more information before they did the tribute, but you saw these these men and women who are bigger than life actually break down and show, you know, how, how their true humanity, you know, going back, some people said maybe some of the stuff that maybe Triple H might have said during, you know, the Owen Hart or the, you know, Owen oh, Hart one may have not been as genuine. Some people thought. I mean, we can get into that, you know, years from now, you know, when we're bored. But what was what was your thoughts on the special, on um, seeing these guys out of character, seeing the classic matches, seeing you know, kind of what maybe the future of ROH TV might be? What some of your quick quick thoughts on the special?
1: I, I love how they picked you know some of the heels, you know, that really don't show you know, their true side, you know, and these guys act very well. You know, they really play their roles. Uh, You know, Joe crying like he was and uh, how upset he was. It, you know, it was a great way to start it off. It got me good. It got me good real quick. Uh, You could tell that the genuine, you know, impact, the imprint that he put on on these people around him. I think that's why this is such a big to-do. I'm not dismissing anyone else's death by any means, but I think this one in particular is because of how he built these relationships with these people. Uh, for instance, Billy Gunn's son, I, I don't know which one it is, but one of the Gunn brothers, you know, mentioned that he was just a rookie, you know, and, and then he, you know, you tried to help him out and, you know, with, with, after he got hurt and, uh, you know, Jay kind of like brushed him off a few times, not to be mean, but like trying to be macho, you know, and finally he was like, no, we got to take care of this. And so he said they were in the locker for two hours. First night he's ever talking to, you know, Jay Briscoe, and they're talking about family and all those other things and not wrestling whatsoever. And uh, so I think that, and the way they set it up, but they had like, you know, each individual, like, like uh, interviews with the talent, and then they'd show if they could or whatever, you know, an older match, right. Or a newer match, depending on who it was. So they had it like almost segmented, you know, um, to make sense rather than being all over the place. I, I love the setup. Uh, you wouldn't even realize after watching it, it was three hours, you know, like unless you were bored, which I don't know how you could be, uh, you know, if you're really not a Jay Briscoe fan, you shouldn't watch it, you know. Um, but I think people who weren't Jay Briscoe fans should give it a chance. Uh, sorry, I'm kind of lost the words. I just watched it little like, like, like an hour ago, so I'm kind of still a little uh, you know, not, not, not myself, but uh, it was a perfect tribute in my opinion. I love the detail of it, and I love the fact that they blended old, new, and in interviews, and you know, this really I think these outpours, you know, from the talent is what made Discovery Warner Brothers change their tune, um, if I'm guessing, because again, not one person had a bad thing to say about him. And from what everyone said, he didn't say anything bad about anyone else, not once. And he would accept, and he would accept anyone. There was a there was a producer guy, and I couldn't even tell you his name because I just because I, I forgot it. That worked for Ring of Honor now works for AEW or he's, he's somewhere behind the scenes. And he said from day one, Jay Briscoe like brought him in and listened to his ideas. I think he's in creative control somewhere and he listened to his ideas. As, you know, and Jay Briscoe has been in this for about years on end and this rookie, you know, just, with a, you know, is trying to tell him something. And Jay took the time to listen and then just brush him off because he was, a you know, you know, you know, raw or green, you know, in his department. So I think that's the the focus here is that it. Shows the impact one person can be when you're kind and genuine, and uh, open-minded to people, and uh, that's what we lost in Jay Briscoe.
0: Absolutely. Um, so let's. I just wanted to also bring up, and I, I, I brought this up right before we started recording because, like I said, we both had a chance to watch it. That I do wonder. Because yes, they spliced in the interviews and the classic matches, but you also had like six matches or so. Of of, this was kind of kind of felt like as much as the pay per views, the three pay per views that uh, Tony Khan did this uh, last year for Ring of Honor. This kind of felt like a pilot for the new Ring of Honor TV show. And I don't want to be on a downer or anything, but I wonder. I'm, I'm sure things will change, and of course. Not everyone was there that might actually always be on these shows. And, of course, that, you know, Caprice Coleman and Ian Riccoboni are, if not the best, you know, duo to call, you know, wrestling. They're in, you know, the top two or three every, you know, for every year if you were to give an award for that. Agreed. But what did you think of the setup of how they did this? Let's. So it seemed like they had like five or six matches. You had a couple of squash matches. You had a really competitive main event. You had, you know, something that that AEW never does. You actually had three women's matches in uh, in that hour or an hour and 10 minute show. Mostly it would have been if you didn't have all the in-between stuff. Did you like the way they did the show? Did it really not even come into mind? Because it was this whole entire package that was kind of a background for Jay Briscoe. And you didn't think about it that way. But what was your thoughts on having, you know, you know, an, uh, an elim- you know, basically going back to the idea of the Proving Ground match if with, you know, Ember Moon versus uh, Madison Rain, you know, I thought that was like an interesting concept where they told you the idea, the fact that if Ember Moon either lasted, you know, the 10 minutes or the 15 minutes for the match or one would have got a title shot, you know, the idea of you had that really good match at the end between um, Christopher Daniels and Claudio Castanoli, I mean, what was your thoughts on I mean, the? And you also had, you know, a couple of squashes. I thought it was a fun, entertaining idea, but I'm not sure if it really worked totally. And like I said, I understand you most likely didn't have all the big name guys you might have there week to week. So a lot of people were flown in last minute and all this other stuff. But what was your idea and thoughts as a concept for what we might see in this ROH, you know, a weekly show that's coming up sometime in the next month or so?
1: So I didn't even think about it that way until you brought it up before we started,
0: you know, recording. Yeah. I, I gave uh, you like 10 minutes to think about it. So you'd have an
1: answer. No, which is fine, which is, and it's good. And, and I think that's why you and I are so good together. Cause we are, we're not exactly the same. We do agree sometimes, you know, and which is a, you know, a great thing, but we do have different concepts and different minds and different thinking patterns. So it's good for our conversational pieces, in my opinion, uh, I didn't even think about it that way. I didn't, I thought this was just a tribute show. I didn't think it as it was like the pilot episode for ring of honor, but you're right. I guess technically, if we want it to be, or not, it kind of is a pilot episode because maybe there isn't, you know, ring of honor marks like you and I that, you know, you know, love ring of honor that would we'll just sit through it regardless. As far as the matches, you know, the two you mentioned were the most competitive Um. I like that they used Wheeler Yuta with the you know uh, pure, you know, the pure belt and all that. because um, I think that, that helps with introducing that kind of style for people who don't understand it. And there's certain rules and parameters that, that you know that fall with it. So I think that the show itself was good. The squash matches were unfortunate because of the fact that there's just a timing constraint. And all this was done last minute, like you said. So they had to make the best of what they could have, what, what they could do. And obviously, they couldn't put Mark on the show. You know what I mean? Like, in, you know, in, in that moment. And who knows if he would even been mentally, you know, capable of doing that same night. You know, it probably couldn't have. So, uh, I I think we I think this show gets a pass no matter what. Like, it's it's a tribute show, and they did the best they could. I do think that. You will see improvement from this. I think their creative team and whoever Tony Khan's got with him, like analyzing, they will still dissect this and figure out what would be next and what would be best and go from there. Uh, to um, I know her name used to be Ember Moon, I forget her name. Athena. I I love I love her heel turn. I think that um we needed this as much as I love Mercedes Martinez as the champion prior. I do think that. Ring of Honor needed a top heel, you know, for women for the women's division, and I feel Athena fits that perfect. I didn't realize she had it in her, um, at least to the magnitude she's going to, but because you know, as much as she was out there for Jay, you wouldn't have known the difference, she didn't really show much. She wore the armband, and I'm sure she has a relationship of some sort somewhere, but she, um, she definitely stayed in character the entire time, and I kind of like that for her moving forward to try and stabilize herself as the cornerstone in the ring of honor women's division.
0: So before we move on, I just wanted to get your opinion on this one thing. Okay. I really enjoyed Eddie Kingston and QT Marshall because of the stuff they did on the outside of the ring with the fans, but I want to know, and I understand that this most likely was to mostly loosen up the crowd and somber mood and everything. But what was your thoughts on Juice Robinson versus Brandon Cutler? Do you want to see that in modern day Ring of Honor, or because of the fact of what it was, it was fine? I mean, for those who didn't who haven't seen it yet, basically you had it felt like a twenty five minute, which it wasn't. Was mostly it was like five minutes, but a comedy match between Juice Robinson and Brandon Cutler. Like, do you want to see that type of stuff on Ring of Honor in the new Ring of Honor? Do you want to see- do you want to see a more serious, what we saw, you know, in regards to like a uh, Marina Sh- Shafir was basically a no-nonsense, just kicking ass, you know, type of, of match or like, what do you want to see a balance or what do you want to see in this new ring of honor as we get closer to it before we start talking about uh, Dynamite?
1: I personally felt that the Brandon Cutler-Juice Robinson match was just kind of a filler, that like it was just something they – had to put in to make time, and maybe both of them have wanted to be on the show. Um, but Cutler, who takes Brandon Cutler seriously, you could beat up Brandon Cutler, and I'm and, and I'm sure one day he may come after me for saying that. And you uh, know that's fine. <laughs> but uh, I mean, because I think I could beat him up. So, but whatever. I mean, I, I'm breaking stones. But no, like, but his character, anyways, you know, is like a a putz. You know, like he's, you know, he's just a you know jobber. You know, but kind of animated and funny like spraying i think it's aerosol hairspray or something you know so
0: i mean really to- nice guy. I, did, I did meet him uh you know i was actually on you could for about a, two-thirds of a second i was actually on an episode of being the elite really yeah so we met i met the the bucks and uh, when when they had the jersey uh the show in atlantic city at it had to be like i don't know one o'clock in the morning and the Bucks, uh, Jungle, not, not Jungle, uh, Luchasaurus, and Brandon Cutler, and I guess their uh, their wife, their wives, uh, and also uh, Adam Cole. Because if you watch the episode, you actually see at the end where they're all coming down, but they were trying to find food somewhere in like the casino, and you know, they're like, nothing's open, and they're just like, all really nice guys, and all that, but um. Yes, that, that's why I'm at AEW, Mark, because uh, the young buck said hello to me. No. Um, but yes, Brandon Cutler is a uh, self-proclaimed stooge. Um, but, you know, I do think it's going to be interesting what ROH does. We, we, we know that there's going to be some sort of affiliation with New, uh, New Japan. We've heard that, you know, New Japan Strong is going to supposedly be ending after this set of tapings, which I don't know if already happened, if it's going to be happening the next couple of days. But you know we're going to see interactions. But I do think it will be interesting what Ring of Honor does with this, you know, hour long or ever long, you know, streaming show that they could have on Honor Club. But I'm so glad that we had a chance to watch the Jay Briscoe tribute. I'm I know that they're going to be doing a couple of more, and of course, you know, the pay per view uh, WrestleMania weekend will also be very heavily influenced as a tribute show. But um, Harry, let's let's talk about. The turnaround from uh, Warner Brothers Discovery on the fact that we did have Mark Briscoe on our TV. we uh, The same um, tribute package that you see at the beginning of the Jay Briscoe uh, three-hour show on YouTube, which we were just talking about. But we had Mark, Mark on the show against uh, Jay Lethal. What was your thoughts overall of Dynamite? And then we'll get into uh, the actual, uh, the match and everything else.
1: I thought it was a good dynamite. I felt that it uh, was able, it was Discovery kind of, uh, Warner Brothers. Discovery kind of, you know, protecting themselves, you know, protecting their investment. They caught so much backlash. Um, To me, it's, to me, it felt like, you know, they were afraid that they may, you know, lose future deals you know from AEW at, at some point, uh, and again, I might be naive and wrong, but that's just my gut feeling on it. I'm glad they did it. It's sad that it took a tra- you know a tragedy and you know all this ridicule. I also think what helped is that you know they wouldn't acknowledge Jay Briscoe, you know, but WWE did, you know, I mean, you know, I, I think, think that kind of contributes too, you know, when you're a competitor you know, programming is, is, you know, acknowledging the man, and the, the man didn't even wrestle there. They didn't throw a tribute or nothing, but they did acknowledge him. So, I, I, again, I felt the show was good. I, I it I didn't criticize it or critique it probably like I should, you know, like we normally do, because I was just so pumped and excited, you know, as a fan, as, you know, someone who, you know, who's cared about the Briscoes to see Mark come out, you um, Mark had me when, when he's, when he's, when he said he loved Jay, that, that, that was it. Like, I, I just, I started bawling. Um, it, uh, it, it was a fitting night. It was a fitting night to be able to actually see the Briscoe, you know, name fly and Jay's picture up and be as best as we can to rectify him, not being on AEW in the first
0: place. Interesting. Um, I would agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, I thought it was, I think this month of January has been, I think, what is it, three weeks now that we've, of shows. I think this has been some of the strongest shows they've had in a while. I think that since the show on January 4th, uh, um, I really do think that they've been running really well. I mean, it's been under really uncomfortable situation, not even uncomfortable, terrible situation with the death of a friend. But I, I do think, like, the, the work of Daniel, Daniel Bryan, a.k.a. Bryan Danielson, over the last three weeks with these matches has been really good. I, I even thought the Bryan Cage match this week was a really, really well done. I think Darby Buddy Murphy was well done. I mean, you could most likely... I understand it's storyline-driven, and you're continuing the idea of Kingston or Ortiz and the House of Black, but so it's something that... Um, outside interference, but I, it was li- limited. I thought, I think Darby has done a great job as champion. This I think it's the second time as as, as champion. again. really went well. We, could, we all can complain about the fact that, once again, there was only one women's match, which, unfortunately, we're just going to have to, get, I guess, get used to over time. But I thought Ruby and uh, Tony Storm, I thought, had a really good match. I like the little small things that Tony Storm did. Showing that now she's a heel um i I thought that the uh, the acclaimed family therapy session was harmless. It was nice and quick. it wasn't I think it was actually kind of needed, and that's maybe kind of the reason why I kind of liked the juice robinson um Brandon Cutler comedy match. I thought that the idea of having something not so serious in the wake maybe the wake isn't the right word, but in the middle of this downward feeling that, you know, these wrestlers have had over the last two weeks and kind of as a wrestling fan, you're watching some of these shows over the last two weeks. And I think, you know, a comedy segment like the acclaimed and the gun step family therapy, I think worked as just as a, you know, a couple of moments where you could just take a deep breath and, you know, either laugh or just say, you know, this is super corny and, you know, not think about the hurt that, you know, some of us are feeling. Um, I thought Jungle Hook versus Ethan Page and Matt Hardy, I thought was solid. I don't think it's, you know, the best work that any of the four men have ever done, but I, I enjoyed the little elements of continuing the idea of the tension between, you know, Hardy and Page and seeing more growth every week from Hook him selling more. I thought there was a lot of good things there. Um, what was, you had any other thoughts before we get to, uh, lethal and, um,
1: I'm sorry, Mark Mark Briscoe on the actual show, looking, show. Any of the angles or anything? I'm looking forward to the uh uh, Dan, uh we call it Brian Danielson and uh what's his name Uh Thatcher.
0: Thatcher? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I like Timothy. I like Timothy Thatcher. I was kind of uh I was uh I was actually shocked NXT uh, you know, he actually like, released you know uh, released him. Mm-hmm.
0: I. I that didn't make sense to me whatsoever. Um, again, uh, I get a lot of guys that they've they released uh that didn't make any sense, you know. But uh I get you yeah. I yeah, do yeah. think no, that's no, gonna be int- I'm sorry to interrupt you there. And this isn't my original idea. I think uh uh Brian Alvarez from Wrestling Observer, who past guest on the workshop wrestling podcast, go and check that out if you uh have a few hours to go and uh spend. No. Um but they brought up the fact I wonder what the ratings are gonna be for that segment because Toothless Timmy, as he was known at one point, isn't. He's he's a great wrestler, and he'll break some bones, but he's not always the most entertaining. So uh, that could be one of those if it's the nine o'clock hour, where the ratings could take a little bit of a dip, where people go, "All right, uh, this guy's just beating somebody up. This is something." But uh, let me get back to what you were saying.
1: Well, that that was my point. Is that I think it's going to be a great, you know, as far as you know, if you're a technical person who likes technical matches. I understand it can be boring for someone who wants like, you know, you know, something more static, but you know, that, that guy's a great wrestler. I, I really like, I really like his style. I know he's more strong and stiff, but I think, uh, you know, Danielson's all for that. So I, I really liked the matchup. Like I, I, it, was, it caught me off guard. I, I, I didn't read any spoilers. Didn't have any info. I had no clue. I just happened to watch it. And when I saw it, I was like, wow. Like I would, have always wanted to see that. I always wanted to see that, you know, pairing.
0: So uh, I'm, I'm interested. I'm really intrigued to see that. Uh, going back to that for one second, I thought it was a really nice piece of Excalibur and the broadcast for AEW during the Brian, uh, Brian Cage versus uh, Brian Danielson match. I don't know if you caught it or not, but something they, they said there in the commentary. They said that if Brian Danielson loses this match, Brian Cage would be the number one contender. I, I like those little... If you're paying attention, you get it. And if you miss it, it's not the end of the world. But just the idea that, yeah, Danielson could lose this match and lose the title shot at the pay-per-view. Because, you know, he's got to win the five matches in five weeks. But if Brian Cage wins this match, who supposedly was just there for, for payday to, to injure him, he would have been the number one contender. I thought those thought that was a nice little piece of the puzzle, which I, I did enjoy, you know, them bringing up.
1: I, I did miss that. I got to admit, I, I don't know how I did, but I missed that. So th- that's good. That's good to know. But they're always, Excalibur's great, you know, on the stick with, you know, with delivering little, you know, tidbits and stuff like that. I mean, he's not just reading a prompter. He, he really, you know, he's adamant and, and, uh, you know, passionate about, you know, you know, uh, doing the play by play and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, so last thing, before we get to Mark Briscoe and, and Jay Lethal, do you think that, How do I put this? One of the things that we've... We always have had a problem in the past is that, you know, WWE... And this isn't RIP WWE time. We'll do that later on the show, possibly. Um, (laughs) But the idea, the fact that we have rematch after rematch after rematch, we've always, you know, criticized WWE. And we're having already the third matchup next week of the uh, Hangman Adam Page... And um, John Moxley already. Do you think that one is this too too soon? And two, do you like the idea of having so many ma- so many rematches so quickly? Because in the first like two years of the company, like you you still haven't seen, and yet we may never see it again because FTR might decide to take a break or go back to the WWE or whatever they do. But we've only seen one time FTR versus the Young Bucks. We only they split up I know that they split up but we only saw like FTR versus uh hangman and Kenny Omega after their you know incredible match when they lost the title do you kind of do you like the idea of all of these rematches
1: it depends on how the storyline's going uh also next week we also have Darby Allen versus Samoa Joe right isn't that next week as yeah. well I, uh, yeah, so that's like a you know, thir- is that like the second time now they're gonna you know the second or third time they're gonna third time now right they're gonna go at it so you know uh, in,
0: a, in a, about uh, what, about two months it's third I mean, yeah the first two matches that Joe and uh, Darby had were both really good matches they told great stories and I'm looking and like I sound I'm almost sound like a hypocrite when I I'm bringing up a topic but I also don't mind it so I I get it. We're also coming off, you know, of a best of seven series, which was phenomenal. But I do think, like, you got to call things out sometimes where you might not be one of those people. But one of the the knocks on WWE over the last decade is the fact that they run matches into the ground where you get 1,700 rematches and none of them don't mean anything. And then, you know, when you had AW the first couple of years, like I was saying, you had a match. And then you all of a sudden didn't see these two guys face each other again, either ever, or like, you know, you had, or was it two weeks ago you had, uh, or last week you had Jay Lethal versus Orange Cassidy. It was, they even showed a quick, you know, 10 10 or 15 second highlight of the fact that they faced each other, you know, last year and Jay Lethal had, you know, won that first match. So they showed context, but, you know, does it seem, is it a little hypocritical for the, not the anti WWE fans, but the AW homers to go and pick on the idea that we're getting WWE does all these rematches, and now it, it feels like kind of they're going into the same direction of seeing the same match, you know, four or five times.
1: Well, a few things. One, it depends on the storyline what's happening. Uh, again, with no one, with no information whatsoever, I'm wondering if this is a setup somehow to drag Wardlow back into the TNT championship situa- situation situation. Um, but I could be wrong. I mean, maybe that's because I didn't think we'd see Joe come back. I, I I was shocked to see Joe on the, you know, on the screen to even challenge Darby. So I was kind of taken back by that. as much as we talk about, you know, not having as many rematches, I'd love to see buddy Matthews again. You know, um, you know, I think the guy's a hell of a performer. But getting back to the topic at hand, it, it really depends on where the storyline's going. I also think in we have to be honest with ourselves, AEW has evolved so much from day one to now. You know, AEW doesn't look like the same AEW it was when it first started, especially now with the, I think his name is Michael Mansour. That's the gentleman that was uh, Kevin Dunn's uh, protege. Uh, who's now come in? What about two or three months now? I think it's been two months, uh, about maybe even two months, less, than, yeah. about two months, and he's changed the whole landscape. You know, and it's all brighter and more lighting and all different. Uh, there's a group I'm in with a bunch of uh, Impact uh, fans. Um, it was called Jason's Awesome Group. He changed it to something else, but now it's just I think it's just Awesome Group. But uh, they even have mentioned that they felt the lighting was better and that the Storylines were becoming better in AEW because they're true, like impact loyals. They don't really necessarily care for AEW, but they're starting to see the light from it, you know. That you know, no pun the light intended. They
0: see the light. That's great.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So bad wording on my part. But the point though is that I really think it depends because yes, AEW could get crucified for it if it continues that way, but I don't think they've done it enough because you remember they got killed for years. Well, you know. I guess, I guess we could say years now about they just go in random directions. Like all of a sudden you would see, you know, assuming Guevara versus whoever, you know, for a TNT championship, and there was no storyline built. So now they're intertwining storylines and it's like, we can't kill them yet for that because we just killed them for saying that they didn't have enough storylines or they were doing too much long-term storytelling. So I'm not mad about it. I, I I would I do want to see FTR and Young Bucks again at some point. Don't know if that ever happened. Hangman and Mox. I don't know what's going on there. I, I with the hints last week. You know. You know with was it last week where uh, Hangman was uh, like apologizing or saying he has to make amends with certain people put yeah. like Renee's interview, right. There were some assumptions that maybe he means he's going to make amends with CM Punk. I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of us out here. and I think you and I are both. We want CM Punk back, and we're just trying to find ways to get him back. <laughs> I don't know if it ever will. So anytime we get a little bit of tidbit of a, like, a little like carrot hanging, we're like running for that carrot to find out if that's it. Uh, but you know, that's the part of this business is that to be able to let the storyline evolve so we can figure out. You know, so then we can figure out or enjoy and embrace what the situation is. I think we need to just take a step back for a minute and admit, this is my opinion, not criticize it so much. Let it play out and see what happens. I'm hoping with the Darby Allen and the Samoa Joe situation, it drags Wardlow back in somehow. I would love to see a
0: three-way match between the three. Maybe I'm in the, you know, in the minority for that, but I'd like to see it. Well, I mean, I think what you're going to see there, and this is just me fantasy booking for half a second. I think that you have this match. Wardlow costs uh, Samoa Joe the title. And then you have them face each other at the pay-per-view. And then you have your next challenger, which I think is going to be Hobbs. The whole thing with the Book of Hobbs. He faces Darby in San Francisco, his hometown, at the pay-per-view. I think you have two separate matches. I could be totally off base. I mean, they they could very easily just, you know... Have Joe get the title back and then do that match to pay for the title, but I I think that it would work better if they were able to go and set up two matches out of uh, out of this one situation. What do you feel about Mox and uh Man? I love I love their first two matches. I think it's too soon to do a third match, and if you're gonna do like a possibly a fourth match at the pay per view then I think you're getting a little crazy with this. So, I mean, I would have had the two of them doing promos and segments together leading up to a tie-breaking third match at the pay-per-view, which is still, you know, basically two months away. So I don't, I like the idea of the fact that Tony wants to give the fans the best show possible every week. Totally respect that. And I, I love the fact he do, he does that type of stuff. But at the same point, I think it's too soon. January 4th, they had their match. And then all of a sudden, on January 31st or February 1st, whatever it is, next, next Wednesday, you're, you're already having the, the third match. I think it's too soon.
1: That's fair. I mean, maybe there's a twist to it and the match never happens. I mean, who knows? You know, maybe, yes, we're announcing there's a match and maybe there's some type of run-in or something that happens that causes it not to happen. But I guess we'll find out, right?
0: Yeah. All right. So let's let's talk about the big moment from this show, the moment that had everyone, you know, if you have a heart, you know, cheering up maybe a little bit here and there. And my moment of the week where I get to get uh, Harry to go and explain his words. I may not have the exact wording because I'm trying to find it as we talk, but I haven't been able to find it. But Mark Briscoe versus Jay Briscoe. You can like or dislike Jay, Jay Lethal. We've spoken about past on the show on rumors of what he may or may have not done to uh, Taylor Hendricks, former ROH wrestler, uh, female wrestler, to explain that a little bit more. But he was the perfect opponent from, from Mark Briscoe. He was a friend and the, maybe the greatest rival of, of Jay Briscoe in ROH. I thought the reaction the fans gave Mark Briscoe and Basically, what they did for that whole entire match was special, and it was the right thing to do. Of course, you would have loved for this to happen the week before, but Warner Brothers uh, Discovery had its head up its ass and would not allow Mark Briscoe to be there, even with the passing of Jay. Um, there are there are people out there who would have said maybe that the other reason maybe why Warner Brothers Discovery didn't want them on there was because of the fact that at times they've had the Confederate flag, you know, on their gear and also repping it where, you know, from everything you read about them, they were not at, not at all racist. And it was more of an idea of, you know, rebel pride, like, you know, the Dukes of Hazard and different stuff. And maybe they didn't appreciate, even though I think they, I might be wrong. I think um, Mance Warner who was on an episode of rampage, I think has a, uh, confederate flag on his on his gear i could be wrong on that but i know that you know he's got the rebel mantra or whatever but uh harry what was your thoughts on the match and the idea that you know warner brothers finally got to the right side of the on this issue
1: the match itself was perfect you couldn't ask for any better perfect opponent you know all three of them were very close and obviously the two brothers were close, but they were close with Jay lethal. So it was a perfect opponent for Mark and they actually went at each other. It was a very, very great match. Uh, you know, chicken was how he always is, you know, quirky and, and, uh, he kind of did his stick, you know, and, uh, you can just see the, uh, emotion coming off both. It tears in their eyes the entire time, you know, um, if that doesn't make you cry i I don't i don't know what will i'm a grown-ass man who's you know pretty prideful man i try to be as macho as i can be but those those moments uh they they get you and if not then i don't know if you're human um and you know teach their own but uh i cried the entire time i I loved it i thought it was great love the ending i don't know if we want to spoil that or not for for folks but uh I it couldn't have went any other way as far as the match. I I, I think it was attributed to exactly how Jay would want a match between Jay Brisk would want a match between Mark and Jay for him.
0: So, do you know what I'm about to bring up that you wrote that I'm gonna bust your balls about?
1: Uh, God, no. Um, I have no clue. What did I write?
0: All right, so I can't find the exact wording, but. Every week in the iHeart Wrestling uh, for Facebook page, there is a thread, of official, you know, thread for all the different wrestling shows. I once in a while get involved because you know I'm bored and I'm you know watching the show, so I'll, I'll make a little comment here and there. But you and a couple other people had this little bit of a conversation on the idea of TBS going to commercial break during the Mark Briscoe Jay Lethal. Uh, Match where you thought I believe you said something to the idea that you thought it was terrible. How can they go to break, you know, during this uh, great moment? And I've just got to say, unless AW is able to get a sponsor like a State Farm or who's sponsored other things, that's why I'm using State Farm. The idea of not running any commercials when you run commercials every week at you know nine forty-six p.m. Nine seventeen or whatever your different breaks are the idea that you're not going to run any breaks in the last 20 minutes of the show and basically giving up advertising and the idea of blowing off local local commercial breaks for, for stations who pay you is i'm not saying it's an asinized statement i understand you were coming from your heart wanting to see every moment and the idea of watching certain things in picture in picture you might lose the effect for but this is just me being a realist. And yes, I work in the TV industry, so maybe I think about things sort of differently. And one of the things that I try to do in this show is enlighten and try to go and look from a different point of view, and not just from the passion wrestling fan, but, you know, looking at, you know, from the broadcaster's point of view and everything else. Yes, Fair I, I know that aid, I know that TBS is airing right afterwards slap, slap Fight USA, or whatever the hell it's called, which is, you know pathetic and makes my screen you know my skin turn every time that you know i see a promo or anything for it but the idea of the fact that people th- un- unless you know you had fight tv which is the international international viewers you, you don't get any commercials because you're actually able to go and buy a separate type of thing for it the idea of them actually going to, not taking a break in the last you know 25 minutes of the show without a paid sponsor to go and make up for that lost revenue. Even like you know, RAW going first hour last week, or this past week for RAW thirty was a first hour commercial f- free. If you looked at those second two, those last two hours of the the three hour show, you had commercials. like felt like every six minutes. So I mean, unless they were going to go and put commercials earlier in the show, and then all of a sudden another match would have been. Super hard to watch because there was commercials every three seconds. That's all they could really do here, you know. I like I said, I understand the passion and the the feeling, how important the Mark Briscoe J lethal match means in regards to the legacy and the tribute to this man who, you know, lost his life and has you know three kids at home who no longer have a father. But the idea, the fact that AEW or TBS shouldn't you know do commercials, which I said this, this is an old joke for in the, the, you know, television industry, that if they had their way, there would be 60 minutes of commercials and no programming. Basically, commercials are there for people to go and buy things. And the, you know, the programming is there in between the commercials. You know, it's not the other way around for, I know that's capitalism and boo-hoo to that. But the idea, the fact that, you know, you want to see this classic match and it means something, I get that. But the idea of TBS, TNT, giving up the revenue for, you know, that last half hour of a show isn't realistic.
1: I get what you're saying, and I respect it. I just disagree. I just disagree that, like, and I get the concept, like, that's why the Super Bowl is so big. It's not, you know, whoever whoever network gets the Super Bowl, they can give two craps about what the Super Bowl is necessarily. It's about booking the best commercials to make the most money. I get it.
0: I mean, I, let, me, let, I don't think, let me interrupt you for one second. Just a second. Would have you? How many people would have been super upset if all of a sudden yes, you have your one women's match in the whole entire show, and all of a sudden you wind up having to have two commercial breaks? The match is the same length of time, but you have to have two commercial breaks because they have to get those breaks in. And then you're short, shortchanging the women who are working just as hard as the men, and you know they are trying to tell their own stories. Or if for some reason, you know, all of a sudden you've got the Brian Danielson, you know, or uh, Daniel Bryan versus Brian Cage match. You have to have you know three commercial breaks in that match. Those commercials had to be somewhere. So you either are going to take it out of that, or a match gets can't a match gets killed, and then people you know don't get to see maybe two of their favorite wrestlers you know, have their opportunity to wrestle that night. I mean, I guess I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but I'm just trying to be no, it's fine. realistic on, you know, how this all
1: works. I, and maybe I'm not being realistic, but I think if uh, Warner Brothers Discovery wants to do so right by the Briscoes now and be able to put the Briscoes on TV because they're afraid of, you know, the backlash of losing AEW or whatever their excuse is to finally put them on TV you know, suck it up buttercup and lose the, the revenue from the two commercials or whatever it is and, and let the match go. Like it's a one-time thing. It's not like any of us, you know, consumers, you know, who watch all your programming are gonna, you know, asking for it every time. It's a one-time thing for a special moment. Again, maybe I'm being unrealistic and I, and I get that. And maybe I'm out of my damn mind. But to me, after keeping the man off TV in the first place. All right. So let's go there for a minute. So you didn't let Jay Briscoe be a part of AEW when he was alive because he made a homophobic tweet 10 years ago. He went to sensitivity training. He reinvented himself as far as realized the mistake he made, rehabilitated. He made good by it. Any person he's talked to, including anyone who's part of the LBG. I'm paraphrasing. I, I don't know the exact phrase. it. Right you know a community has stood by him who's in the wrestling industry to where you know the man made one mistake and he got punished for it and then when he died you decided to still keep him off off your airways because you just decided to do that for whatever reason it made you look stupid. not you it made discovery look stupid because wwe's mentioning his name and every other promotion is mentioning his name, and then every every worker who's wrestled with him in the past 20 years has mentioned how good of a person he is, a family man is God willing man, and all these things about him. So, me as a fan and as a consumer, I'm ticked off at Discovery Warner Brothers from for this if we're coming to this point in the first place. So now we're at this point, and now it's worrying about having a commercial time frame. Nah. I'm sorry. Suck it up, Buttercup. Move the commercials or give the commercials put back their money or make a promise somewhere else, but do the right thing. Let the match go on and then move it forward. I, I don't know how else to do it. I'm not the guy. It's in the booth and it's how to do all that. And I know you have that background. I respect it. But I think it would make Warner Brothers Discovery look better NAW or whoever makes the decisions to let that match run through with no commercials and then I think that makes this even a little bit better than it already was. That's just my opinion. though.
0: All right. Like I said, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I and mean, I'm just thinking about it more, a little bit more realistic, you know, in nature, but I totally respect your opinion and the other people in the uh, I heart wrestling uh, Facebook group who were part of that thread last night, which is always an interesting, you know, look at some of the silly stuff and ridiculous things that are said. And then I chime in with something brilliant and, you know, Impressive. But you know, that's just my opinion. Uh but we I think we had a great conversation about the ROH AEW J. Briscoe situation this week. We I'm sure we will talk about more as we go along and as we find out, you know, more things that develop in this uh ongoing relationship with uh Warner Brothers Discovery, which is a mess of its own, where if you're a comic book, you know, fan, they just canceled uh Doom Patrol and Titans. So I mean, it's Warner Brothers Discovery's got its own problems right now. So I mean, they're trying to figure out how to go and uh, keep the lights on. It if, if feels like. Why, right.
1: why did they do that? I know we're a wrestling show, but why did they do that? I saw that on your post, I'm not. I'm kind
0: of you know naive to that, but why did they do that? Was there any reason for it? Um, well, I mean, I think part of it might have been the idea that they weren't getting back as there were enough, maybe as many people as they thought would watch it. Aren't watching it as we get into season four, but it seems like they're in a, a major cost-cutting mode where things that that they actually they're actually paying for in-house, budget-wise, because of this merger, it's a lot of money is in different places right now. So I mean, you may or may not agree with like the Samantha B show, which was on TBS, was canceled. There's a lot of other things that they make themselves which have been canceled. There's a lot of things that are on the HBO Max uh, platform that are being being removed. So they're letting, you know, certain uh, contracts expire. I mean, you had the whole entire thing with uh, with Batgirl, which the movie was totally uh, finished. Uh, and they just took a write-off of like a $90 million uh product they did they just took a, a write-off for it and it's ne- that's never gonna see the day of light apparently background work is supposed to be very good but that's a whole nother subject but there's a lot of transition going on it's at uh, wb uh discovery right now which which i think helps aw with their contract stuff because they don't actually produce that produce the material They're they're leasing you know the the rights for it so i mean i think that aw is okay i mean we'll get back to wrestling in one more second but there's even talk the fact that they may not either have as big of a footprint in basketball as they've had over like the last 20 years. As that, you know, when it comes to the new contract negotiations and I, most people know, you know, Shaq and uh, Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith going back and forth from some great content over the years. You know, and that's how we kind of got Shaquille in W, and you know the AW thing in the first place from the context at TNT. But it's going to be super interesting on how all that plays out in the coming months and year on Warner Brothers Discovery and everything they're doing with their superheroes and everything else with, with James Gunn in charge. But uh, that was Comic Book Corner brought to you by nobody because we don't have any sponsors yet. This man has took so many bullets from me. For you, for the whole bloodline. Man, my dog basically bulletproof. <laughs> hey, hey, and everybody
1: knows, man, I did not trust you, man. I, I despised you, right?
0: But what you do, is, Man, you saw the good in me the whole time, and you never gave up on me. And guess what? That right there, that's what family do. So let's let's get to the other major company out there, WWE. Over the last couple of weeks, the big thing we've spoken about is Vince McMahon. This week, there haven't been any other major developments in his return. We did have um, Nick Khan, who's the primary CEO of the company right now, was on the uh, Bill Simmons podcast uh, late last week, early this week. He had some very interesting comments, which... We, uh, if we have time, we'll get to down the line. I would say it's a very interesting listen on Nikon perfecting the art of agent speak. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the, uh, I don't know, about 35, 40 minute uh, interview, which Bill Simmons did a very good job with, but it's uh, a lot of, you know, double speak, which, you know, is his job as an when he was, you know, the super agent to the stars. But uh, let's get into ROAR 30 or ROAR Triple X, which, uh, May have a different meaning depending on you know uh, what your proclivities are. Um, <laughs> I thought the I thought the show overall I thought it started off super strong, the trial of Sami Zayn, and then it slowly became just it felt like another episode of RAW. I don't watch RAW every week live, but I saw it live this week, and first I didn't know that the uh, the first hour was commercial free. I had no idea. I'm just sitting there going. It's been a while since they. I I was looking at one of. I was actually at work, so any, anybody at my you know my real life uh, gimmick job is listening. Yes, I, we were watching RAW instead of you know doing this or that, following the network. But you know we we're watching RAW at the time. But you know you are sitting there going, "Wow, this is a long show." I thought there were some good moments, but you know I thought the last two hours dragged mightily. But let, let's let's talk about the good trial of Sami Zayn. We could say all the good and bad stuff we want about WWE on how the company's run by A sociopath and how, you know, they talk about how, you know, they're, they've got the best women's division in the world, but there are weeks where SmackDown has, you know, one match and it goes three minutes and Bray Wyatt and this pitch black match and all this other crap. But the story of Sami Zayn and the bloodline as much as we both really love AEW, if we're being honest with ourselves, the Sami Zayn story is the best storyline in all of wrestling. And it continued this past week. If you disagree with me, the floor is is yours, but I mean, before I continue. No, I do
1: not disagree. It was amazing. It was was, was so telling. It It was... it's it's the best story. It's the best storyline going right now in all of wrestling, in my opinion. It really is. Uh, I didn't know what to expect with the trial, um, and then you know, Paul Heyman's a genius, man. He really is a genius. He uh, that Philadelphia crowd started with the ECW stuff, and he turned it. And he said, "Oh, ECW is dear to my heart, but ECW is dead, just like Sami Zayn should be dead." And he turned that, like, a top-heel, you know, manager, you know, uh, you know, uh, interpreter, whatever you want to call him in his position, you know, advisor, and did it wonderfully. Did did it perfect. And then it all played out from there. It was was just magically moving in a proper motion. Um, I was just blessed to be able to watch it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know who on the – I heart wrestling or might've been on yours uh, purist uh, wrestling purist on Facebook group, but they actually, someone put up a uh, a post of J uh, J uh, J-, uh, J Uso getting an Oscar for his performance on, uh, on Monday night. And I, I agree. Oh, so it was actually uh, Drew D Oliver uh, put up the uh, the post of uh, Oscar nominee Best Supporting Actor, Roar, Roar is Triple X, J, uh J, <laughs> excuse me, uh, J Uso. I, I, thought that's, I thought that segment worked so well. I mean, there's a difference of two guys just going back and forth for 30 minutes in the ring talking back in the day during, you know, the money, the height of the Monday Night Wars. And there's another th- where, you know, you could say it drags, but this did not drag at all. And when you looked up, yes, you, you you felt it was a long segment, but you just sat there going, this is quality TV. You know, I mean, we can all say that m- maybe the reason why WWE, uh, we don't talk much about ratings on this show. We, we spoke more about, more on them in the, on the old, on the old show. Uh, work Shoot Wrestling podcast. Check it wherever you go to po- uh, listen to podcasts. But um more about the ratings. But there's there's a major reason why, besides the fact there was no Monday Night Football on for the first time in, you know, basically three and a half months, there's a reason why this this was the most highly uh rated episode of Raw in uh, quite a long time. It had over two and a half, I think, or two point three million viewers, and like a point seven zero in the eighteen to forty nine, which is a huge number for any wrestling, you know, uh, program on television. Even when it comes to you know SmackDown, which is on Big Fox, so their 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 numbers are always going to be higher. But I mean, this this was just great, and I was interested in I was interested in the uh, the Royal Rumble this weekend, which we'll talk about in a few moments. But I became more interested in the Royal Rumble as a result of this segment. And one of the things that I was saying to one of my coworkers when we were watching the show, as the rest of the show was going on, uh, does somebody want to occasionally tell people that there's a pay-per-view on Saturday? You know, and but this segment made me want to watch the pay-per-view. And I'll be honest, I mean, sometimes watching these pay-per-views for WWE, and I apologize, I don't want to rip them apart. Sometimes it's like, you know, pulling teeth. You could say same time, maybe it's watching some of these, you know, Dynamites or Rampage of Pulling Teeth. But this, this segment just hit every note perfectly. Like, do we all still know at some point the bloodline is going to turn on Sami Zayn and beat him to a bloody pulp? And we, we know where the end of this is going. I mean, is there a is there a 10% chance that Sammy turns on them and it's just a possibility. But the way that this keeps on playing out with the Jay Uso part of this story, where Jay from the begin, from the very beginning of the bloodline. Was the guy who kind of didn't want to be part of this, but realized for the safety of his own uh, brother, Jimmy, that this was the best option and they became a team and everything else. His growth as a character has been amazing. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of things during the pandemic that we'll look back on and say was a plus, but Jay Uso, uh, big time Jay Uso or the, the right hand man or whatever. They call Jay Uso right now. Jey Uso as a character has grown so much. And I'm interested in Jay Uso where I've, if you would have told me two years ago that we're going to have a bloodline thing, I would say, oh, great. So the Usos are going to win some. They're going to lose some. And Roman Reigns is the star of this whole type of thing. They've actually developed people. I don't know if Jay Uso can go and give you a buy rate on a pay-per-view yet. But he went and sold, he sold, he I, he sold tickets or, or you know, uh, peacock subscriptions to people. I think as a result of this segment, he definitely did, for sure. I mean,
1: I mean, the one person to save Sammy's ass, right? I mean, and it was just, I mean, I don't know about you, but I th- I thought, uh, I thought the uh, spike was coming. You know, Solo had his hand up, and. Uh, it was believable. And then all of a sudden, you know, you see Jay, you know, hold on, oops, hold on. And then no disrespect my travel chief or, you know, whatever he said. And, and then he went, went from there and he had a whole defense package for Sammy. Uh, it's funny. That's some really good long-term storytelling, but like phenomenal long-term storytelling, you know, having it all planned out, having the video packages yet, Paul's showing, you know, as, you know, you know, as the, uh, you know, uh, you know, offensively, you know, what was going on, you know, and, you know, what things bad did Sammy do? And then you had Jay have a whole package of Sammy because Sammy didn't want to defend himself. So uh, I loved it. Somewhere in my heart, and, again, I'm probably just being a hopeless, you know, idiot, I'm kind of hoping this may be a turn where Jay turns on the bloodline. I don't know how that works. But with Jimmy getting hurt the other night, we don't know if that's legit or not. Maybe it is. That was
0: part of was Okay, yeah,
1: I thought maybe it was part, you know, part of the show. So then Sammy, you know, coming in, we talked about it last week. Every great tag team over the years with WWE, they've always taken the one better performer, right? And then the other one went to the sideline. Right. Uh, I mean, Jimmy's a great performer too. It's the wrong idea, but Jay's built his character up. Maybe Jay goes solo. You know, pun intended to solo, to call But maybe Jay goes solo. You know, and then somehow, you know, I mean, it, it's possible. Uh, maybe not, maybe not likely, but it's possible. So I'd love to see it. Uh, maybe it happens after, maybe we see Sammy, you know, either break away or they turn on Sammy. And then eventually once say, say uh, Sammy and Kevin Owens team back up, they take the belts off the Usos possibly. Maybe Jay breaks away, does his own thing. I mean, but I, I'm, like you excited to see how much more Jay's character will develop into being something more solid. If you had told me when I was a kid that Bret Hart would have been a WWF champion at some point, you know, when I, he was just, you know, in the Hart foundation, I would have told you you're crazy. He's going to be a tag team champion the rest of his life. And then things changed, you know, same thing with Shawn Michaels and Mario Gennetti, but then it changed. So you never know.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't want to shortchange the rest of Raw 30, but I'll be honest. I know there are timing issues, and we say this all the time about uh, AW in regards to sometimes, you know, all of a sudden there's like 30, there's a minute and a half left and you're rushing 37 things in. But I I like the idea of seeing one more time Brock versus uh, Bobby Lashley. I mean, I'd rather see Brock versus Gunther at, you know, WrestleMania if that's where if that's the direction they do or don't go. But the idea of, you know, having Brock who wouldn't know a time cue if it killed him, having to come in with like 30 seconds left in the program, and then basically the show goes off the air, you know, costing Bobby Lashley the title. I don't know if that really works. Um, I thought that the 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 woman segment that we actually did get in regards to um, Bianca versus Sonya Deville with the whole Charlotte stuff. I didn't think that stuff was really needed, especially if you want Sonya to be a possible contender versus um, Charlotte in the coming months. The idea that you have her lose clean to Bianca. I just thought, you know, it was kind of a waste of time. Agreed. I mean, now that we know why the cage match basically was was scrapped because the Usos, uh, the uh, the the trial of Sami Zayn ran long. I mean, I understand that they did what they had to do. But if you're telling me I get one woman's match on the show, I understand that Ric Flair's there, and you know, if you're gonna have Flair there, you want to go and honor his, you know, have his presence and everything else. But I would have scrapped the uh, the Bianca, Charlotte, Sonya stuff, which I think went like 13 minutes or something to that respect, or maybe even 20, and give me the cage match. Like, I, I understand I bitch the idea that, you know, there's limited women's segments, but if you're going to do that, you only gonna have one woman segment. You promoted this cage match for what, two or three weeks? Right. They did. Yeah. I mean, I, uh,
1: I would have done the same thing. I mean, have it your way as far as like, you know, I would have scrapped the Sonia Deville, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair thing. Um, I was kind of shocked by the fact that they kind of scrapped the cage match the way they did. I understand why they did it, but again, I agree with you. They should have went the other direction. The cage match should have went
0: down. And let's be honest, if, if this was all supposed to set up the, the promo by Alexa bliss, you know, uh, leading up to the title match on Saturday, which, yes, you want to promote matches that are actually happening. You could have just done that as a backstage segment where you have, you know, Kathy Kelly or someone else interviewing Bianca and all of a sudden backstage and then all of a sudden the the Bliss promo pops up. So, I mean, I understand you want to promote things that are actually happening on the pay-per-view, but I think there could have been a better way to do it definitely agree.
1: I, 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 yeah, that part kind of concerned me and, you know, uh, I think it was just poor choice. I, assuming that trips or whoever had that call, there just kind of panicked and chose the wrong route. That's something I can think of.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I guess the last thing, I guess it's just two things, but we'll go both of them very quickly as we get ready to talk about the rumble here. What was your thoughts on the, uh, the Degeneration X, Kurt Angle segment, and then uh the I and then the Undertaker, Undertaker segment with um Eli Drake. I'm sorry, LA Knight.
1: I think the DX thing, you know, was kind of like that, you know, comedy skit that we kind of needed. It was, you know, funny. You know, uh the fact that Trips was gonna step up to you know fight Gunther and then uh like, wait a minute, you know, I can't fight anymore. And then Sean's like getting all, you know, ready to go. And you're like, wait, I'm old, you know. And then, oh, Kurt's going to do it. And then even before that, you know, uh, Road Dogg was going to do the introduction of the New Age Outlaws. And then, you know, he went to go introduce Billy. Said, wait a minute, Kurt, you know, I, I thought it was funny. You know, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hate it. I think it kind of carried on way too long, though. It carried on way too long where you could have used valuable time for other things. I like the skit. The skit should have just been shorter. That's all as far as that. Um, and then you kind of piece together Seth Rollins with the street profits. Oh, okay. Like, you know, I'm not against it, but really wasn't, it, you know, wasn't really
0: blown away by it either. The oh, moment I, oh, go ahead. So Just as you so said Go, that, go, um, so go ahead. But what do you what do you think though? I don't know if it will. I doubt it even will because they're on separate shows, unless it's a WrestleMania match. But what do you think of the idea of maybe they were? And I haven't read this anywhere. They might have been. That's the first idea of maybe setting up Rollins versus Gunther. That if 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 uh, if Rollins isn't winning the Rumble, which I know that he would be uh, the guy you would most likely want because you know you are such a big Cody fan. Kidding. Um, but if Rollins isn't going to possibly win the Rumble. And if you're possibly having Brock versus uh, Lashley match three at, at WrestleMania, like I said, haven't heard this anywhere. If that was the first idea of your interbrand match at Mania of Gunther versus, versus Rollins, maybe that may have uh, been the first seats or something there. Do you like that? Yeah, and, I'm all, and, I'm, and I'm all
1: for it. I'm all for it. If that happens. I think I, I think that's a great match, both great workers who are, who are you know phenomenal technically and can both you know play well off each other? I'm all for it if that happens. I just didn't like the. I didn't think you needed you know the the six man you know the six man tag, but you know it's not the end of the world. Um, Don't disagree. The Undertaker segment. Well, first of all, they advertised the Undertaker. They didn't advertise the American Badass, so I was thrilled by that. That was good to see. Um, because you know we've all seen the Taker come out a million times as you know the grave digging Undertaker, but the other Taker, you know, the, his his uh, you know, his uh, other his other uh, character, you know, you can do so much more with, in my opinion. Uh, I also liked it because you know, and again, I feel bad for La Knight because La Knight really is great. Like he he's young enough. To do this too for now, LA Knight's part of the future, and you can disagree with me if you want to. But in my opinion, you know, he's great on the mic, and uh, he can perform, and he's got the look and the swag for it. You know, um, he may, maybe needs a little more polishing in the ring. I'm not saying he's bad at all. He's he's good in the ring, but he can use a little more polishing. But that'll take time. Um, so, but he's still. He's still not a huge enough star that you're not punking him by making him, you know, be part of that segment. The best part of that segment, though, is Taker walking up to Bray and whispering in his ear. And I feel like it's meant to be interpreted how you want to. And every person in the world who's a fan wants to interpret it. To me, that was the passing of the torch of the top phenomenal character of, of wrestling. You know that phenom. I, I didn't know that, AJ Styles was was in the ring. What are you talking about? This guy. Leave AJ out of it. I'm saying, like, you know, the the supernatural character. I it was you. the passing passing of the torch, in my opinion. You know, I, I think that was a good segment. Now you've you've heard, or I've heard, I've read that some people are speculating that Undertaker he's going to come back and wrestle, and maybe do another WrestleMania. Uh, I hope not. No, I hope not too, because he can't. He's, you shouldn't want to go if you can't go anymore. Tony Blanchard said it uh, in an interview a couple months back, or maybe it was a couple weeks back when he was had, a, he had an interview and he said he was done with AEW completely and he was done with the wrestling business. And he was asked to do a match and he did it. But, and then after he did it, the thing that 2019, he had a match in AEW and then they asked him to do another one. He said no. And they asked why. And he said, I'm not going to go out there and make a fool of myself. I can't be the man I used to be. I love Taker. Man's got my respect. Please come do the appearances, do all that. Don't get back in the ring. Please don't. I, I don't want to see a shell of a guy that was so dominating and so athletic for so long. It, it's it's gonna it's gonna ruin it. But don't be Ric Flair, you know. So uh, That's um, but, no, uh but no, but tell me I'm wrong. I mean, if oh, you no, think I'm wrong, mean, no, tell me.
0: No, no, I, I agree now. I'm the guy who always says, you know, when someone's being buried and all this other stuff, I think it's ridiculous. But I do think that this was an interesting thing. Like the Dave Meltzer of the world said, this was great for the fact that LA Knight was was even in the ring with uh, with the Undertaker. It's he gets the rub from that. I don't disagree with that idea, but the the fact that most people already think that, and we'll talk about it in a, in a moment here. That LA Knight has no chance at all of winning in this match uh, against Bray Wyatt on Saturday. But why? And I understand you want to do the passing the torch thing between Wyatt and Undertaker, which which was just well done. I don't disagree with that. But but why, quote unquote, if you want to say bury LA Knight right before he has a match on pay per view that is his basically his first pay per view match. I know he most likely had. I think he was in a ladder a six way ladder match on. Uh, on NXT, but you know, this is his first big opportunity in a pay-per-view and the last image that some people are going to see of him is him being basically taken out by the uh, basically bitched, bitched by the undertaker. Why did it have to be in that situation right before a pay-per-view? Like if this was, if wrestling, if if Roth 30 was, you know, two weeks after the Royal Rumble and this happened, I'd be like, totally cool with it, no problem. But the guy's actually in a match that we're supposed to, at least on paper, think that he has a chance of winning. And you're already making him look like, not a fool, but just like another guy by being taken out by a guy who's, you know, can't move anymore, basically, and is a legend. Like, it's the idea of back in the day when you had, basically, what was it? Um... Damien Sandow was cannon fodder when you had like Raw 25, Raw 20 when all the legends came out and they just beat them up. Or, you know, Raw, I think it was Raw 25 where FTR was yeah, uh, basically made to look like job guys for DX. You know, this time when DX had their segment, it was a much better segment and it worked a lot better. And like I said, I'm not saying that this is going to put a stink on, on LA night. That's not where I'm going here. But just the idea, the fact that you're you're three or four days away from your first pay-per-view match in a match with Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt's first pay-per-view match, back as an in-ring match, and you're kind of, before the match, you're, you're throwing him under the proverbial bus. I mean, like I said, in the long run, well, it may most likely not matter. But if I'm just someone who's watching for the first time in years because it's Raw 30, and I see that I don't look at, at uh, Eli Drake slash you know L A Knight as someone that I'm going to take seriously on a pay per view in five days. Not, like I said, I'm not trying to make a huge deal about it, but well, when I, I watch I that, that's where I can, that's what I thought. I, I didn't think
1: of that. That makes it you make a great point. I, I, I didn't think about that part whatsoever. It does kind of change. But it, if you know if L A Knight even had a chance, now it looks like he has none at all. Maybe WB's trying to, you know, give us that, you know, perspective to swerve us. Who knows? But yeah, uh, that, that does make sense. I probably wouldn't have done that so close to the Royal Rumble. So that is interesting that they went that way.
0: Yeah, Like I said, in the long run, do I think that his career is over because of that happening? Does it make him maybe a bigger star along with the fact that he was in the ring with the Undertaker and down the line? He can go and maybe even do promo saying Undertaker couldn't even take care of me by himself. He had to go and make, you know, Ray Wyatt uh, do his dirty work for him. I mean, sure. But like I said, in the moment, it kind of rubbed rubbed me the wrong way. But like I said, great to see WWE had a huge rating on Monday. AEW on Wednesday had over a million people for the first time in quite a while. So the wrestling industry, as much as it's having its problems with the uh, with the tragic death of one of their own, with Jay Briscoe, the wrestling audience is at least coming back and giving a chance to, uh, to see what's going on with the product for maybe the first time in a little while. So let's talk about our last subject as I try to get my foot out of my mouth, as I decide that I'm going to pick, you know, la Knight to win a match you know, on a pay-per-view which i i honestly <laughs> think he has no chance but um let's get into my favorite wrestling event every year some years i'm disappointed by it other years i sit there going woohoo let's let's do the royal rumble um i told you before we got on the air that um and certain people may you know who are involved in this might actually listen to this and be like oh oh that's great you know corey's making fun of us on the podcast which i make fun of everybody but um, my favorite pay per view, pretty much every year, has been the Royal Rumble. It's the match. It's the it's the event I look forward to most. I I care more about the Royal Rumble than WrestleMania. I I don't know if it was you or someone else asked me recently. Have you ever been to a WrestleMania? No, I have not. I've been to a Royal Rumble. I was actually at the Royal Rumble when uh, John Cena made his return at uh, Madison Square Garden. I'm, if you gave me a choice of going to a Royal Rumble or going to a WrestleMania, I'm picking a Royal Rumble every day of the week and twice on the proverbial Sunday or this year's Saturday. So, I mean, I love, I love the Royal Rumble. I hope it's great. We'll see if it is. But uh, before we get into a quick preview of this, as we uh, become a two hour podcast again for the 47th time, um, what's, what's your interest level of the Royal Rumble and Where does the Royal Rumble stand in in your pecking order of, you know, of of wrestling shows every year? Well, Royal Rumble, uh, as far as this one coming
1: up, it definitely has my interest uh, because of the bloodline and, you know, the possibility of, you know, no, it's definitely that Cody's returning. Uh, I even kind of think Cody's winning it. Um, I'm still upset with Cody, but I'm not mad at him at this point if he does win it. I don't see Seth winning it. I would love to see Seth win it, but I don't see where that would make sense for WWE at this point. So unless it's someone that we're just not thinking of outside the box, I mean, or do you know what? I mean, is Sammy part of the uh, Royal Rumble? Could Sammy win? I mean, that would be great. I'd love to see Sammy win. That would be a great storyline. Uh, how, how about them apples? I would, love, I would love for Sammy to win. That's the guy I want
0: to win is Sammy. Well, mm-hmm. I, I told yeah, I told you a few weeks back uh, when I I said who do I think's gonna win, who do I want to win? We had that conversation we where did. I said, you know, I think Cody's gonna win. I want Sammy to win. Even you know the great Uncle Dave, Dave Meltzer, who some people like, some well, people don't. I know we I know I always say this, and then we don't get into the conversation. But um, he even said on the last episode of Wrestling Observer Radio that he would love, he would think that the right decision would be for Sammy to win even though he thinks it will be Cody. I'm coming into this pay-per-view really interested. I don't know if I'm interested in every match on the show, which we'll uh, take a look at over uh, right now, but I really am interested in both Royal Rumble matches. And I'm interested in the, uh, the universal undisputed thingamajig, you know, 24, day- seven, days a year, uh, WWE Universal Championship match I do find uh, it interesting I mean I think it's obvious who's going to win the match But I do think there's a lot of Interest going into everything here Well well, it depends on How the fallout goes
1: Yes we know who's going to win it But in what manner and how And how does that play out Getting back to your other question quickly So when I was a kid My two favorite events were Royal Rumble and Survivor Series Because they were unique I love the Survivor Series because of the fact that you had, you know, like the five baby face versus the five heels, you know, and, and, and they talked it up so well, you know, so you'd have like Hogan and his Hulkamaniacs, you know, versus, you know, Ted DiBiase and his money team or, what, you know, or whatever that route, you know, and so it was always a toss-up between survivors, old school Survivor Series and Royal Rumble. Um, And then over the years, the Royal Rumble was more of a draw for me. I also think that because that's the night, um, I believe it was 2016, and I could be wrong in the year, that's the night AJ AJ, uh, came to WWE, so uh, that's another reason. Sounds about
0: right.
1: Yeah, so anyone who knows me, I'm a huge AJ Styles fan. Uh,
0: More of his overall... uh... I don't know. Uh, you were talking about the phenom and phenomenal, and then all of a sudden you're talking about Bray Wyatt. <laughs> I don't know where you're going there. No.
1: Um, I meant Supernatural. Yeah, it was my balls, man. <laughs> what do I do?
0: That's, that's. I make up for the lack of talent I have with the ball busting. Uh, <laughs> let's take a look at this card. So Right now, we have one, two, three matches and two, uh, two Rumble matches on the show. We could have more stuff that comes out as a result of smackdown on friday so let's uh let's let's start with the mountain dew pitch black match which if you could tell me what this match is about i would be shocked because i don't think wwe knows what this match is i mean what what are they gonna do they're gonna turn off the lights and we're just gonna sit there going huh i see uh, i see a, an image out of the corner of my eye i mean i don't know what i, I understand it's a sponsored match with mountain dew and i guess Pitch black is their new flavor or something, but Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight. What's your what's your thoughts on this match?
1: Unless one of, you know, Uncle Howdy or one of the characters somehow you know get involved and screw over Bray somehow, I don't see how LA Knight has a chance. I, I don't. So I see I see Bray win, winning it, but it is interesting to see you know, if they'll be interrupted somehow, or if there's another character that will be exposed. Uh, we also have the, was it last week? You know, the, ke- the fun house came back. Was right. it last week? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, which I did like, I know some didn't, but I, I did like it. Cause it felt like he's being pushed towards it, but it's who's really pushing him in that direction. Who's making Bray go back to his old ways. So I'm interested to see how it falls. I think we know who wins, but it'd be interesting to see the content of it.
0: You know what? As much as I went and badmouthed the the LA Knight segment, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say LA Knight wins. I don't think the match is going to be very good. I would uh, definitely say that. Um, I do think it's going to be interesting how long this match is and where on the card this falls. Like, if this is a five-minute match, I think the crowd will be enticed by you know seeing if the feed comes back or the spec the skept, uh, the spectacle of it all, but if this is like a twelve twelve to fifteen minute match with the uh, the fiend or whatever other garbage that they decide to do, I think they can lose the crowd and that's not and that could be bad and uh like if this this is not I'm not saying this should be the the quote unquote bathroom break, but I do think that this match should be. In between, you know, like if the show starts off with like the Women's Royal Rumble, I think it should be the Women's Royal Rumble, then, then the Bray match, which is almost like a come down match from like however long that match goes. Do you agree with that? Or do you think this, uh, you think it doesn't matter where on the show this is placed? I mean, what's your thoughts?
1: No, I do think it's, it matters where it's placed. I think you have it about right. You know, start, start off with the Women's Royal Rumble and then Bray. And then you can go into, you know, uh, say that, you know, the the women's champion women's championship. And then, you know, you can go with the, you know, if you know, go with the Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens match, and then the men's Royal Rumble or vice versa.
0: All right. Um, So let's talk about um, the Royal Women's Championship match. I mean, like I said, after what happened on, on Raw, I would be a little bit more surprised as a result of uh, Sonya losing clean again that we wind up having Sonya versus Charlotte on the show. Anything's possible. Maybe that gets added. But Bianca Belair coming in as champion versus Alexa Bliss or Sister Abigail or whatever spooky crap they decide to do on this. <laughs> I don't think you're taking the title off of Bianca at this point. I think that no, long-term story is that she's going to face the winner of the Rumble Rhea Ripley, sorry, not spoiling anything, um, at Mania. But w- what's your thoughts here? Is this going to be an actual wrestling match or is this going to be like their match on Roar, which many people have put side to side, you know, uh, basically a reenactment of one of the uh, scary movie uh, or whatever the spoof version of Scream is, one of those movies where basically I think, I don't know if you saw that video, but people were putting out the idea that it was basically like a shot for shot fight between uh the character that they were making fun of from the ring and uh, some of the characters <laughs> you know the scream the scre- uh, the, sc- the scary movie franchise I didn't see that's funny I
1: gotta look that up' obviously send it to me later I- I'm hoping it's an actual wrestling match I don't see where Bianca loses you know I think you had said best it's it has to be you know Bianca versus Ria you know at WrestleMania. I'd be shocked if Rhea doesn't win. Rhea's been built up so well
0: with the Judgment Day, and hey, 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 we're not, we're not up to that. We're not up to that match. Come on, buddy. you got you gotta leave the suspense. No, um, sorry.
1: Well, no, but but so Bianca wins. I don't
0: I don't see how Bianca doesn't win. Do you think that is this match? Though, I guess the, the the point of this, so we don't look like idiots going down the line. Is this gonna be is this gonna be a match where this is like hundred percent straight, or is this going to be a bunch of hocus pocus garbage? Where Alexa is, you know, not sure if she's possessed by Uncle Howdy and uh, the Funhouse. I guess that's basically my idea. We could actually see Alexa Bliss have a wrestling match here, or is this just no. a, a sideshow thing right now? No, I
1: think it's gonna be a sideshow, unfortunately.
0: All right. Uh, so so far, I hope so, not. so for those keeping score, and you could tell me how I went zero for five on my picks later on. Uh, you have Bray Wyatt winning the Mountain Dew uh, Pitch Dark match. I've got LA Knight because I just want to be a contrarian. And we both have Bianca Belair beating Alexa Bliss. Um, Let's go with undisputed uh, WWE Universal Championship match. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. I think it was very interesting, the Kevin Owens uh, promo on Raw, where he did the babyface thing of almost guaranteeing the fact he was going to win the title, but not actually going fully to the point of saying. I guarantee you that I'm, I'm winning. He said, you know, he's going to give it his all. He might die trying, but um, I think we all feel that Roman Reigns is going to retain the title. I think we all, I think we both believe that, but how do we get there in this match? Is this, does Sami Zayn help, uh, help Roman Reigns as his final test? Does he try to help Kevin Owens and, you know, the bloodline go and take both of them out? I mean, how do you see this playing out? As you know, basically, as our first step into WrestleMania season,
1: I think that you have to have Sammy help Roman, right? You have to have Sammy help Roman to win, and that's why this match has to be before the Men's Royal Rumble, in my opinion. Is you have is if if it's if it's me doing the storytelling, Roman Reigns wins, Sammy helps somehow, or maybe maybe it looks like is trying to help Kevin and really he's not. So it gives more fuel to Paul Heyman thinking he's, you know, against everybody, something like that. Some some type of icky gooey situation that makes it look like, you know, that Sammy's on the fence, rain still wins, but, you know, but it's not clean per se, but he retains his belt. I think that has to happen for to continue the storyline to be where Sammy's like continually still being judged and on trial.
0: Interesting. So this, this leads up to, uh, well, we'll talk about the men's Royal Rumble in a minute, but I do, I do think that WWE has to learn, maybe they won't, but I think they have to learn from their mistakes of the past. I think you really have to let the audience know before the Rumble happens, if Sami Zayn is in this match because if if you do not let the fans know that Sami Zayn is in this match and he winds up not being in it you're going to have a similar sabotage to what happened to Rey Mysterio when the fans did not know in advance that Daniel Bryan at the time was not going to be in the Royal Rumble and it basically sabotaged that rumble and you could have the exact same thing happening to Cody Rhodes where if people think that Sammy Zayn's going to be in it. And then all of a sudden, they, they could wind up... I know that you don't love them, but they could wind up shitting on Cody Rhodes if they have the expectation that Sammy's going to be in the match and he's not. So do you agree with me that they kind of have to, one way or another, say if Sammy's going to be in this match before the match happens, or you could sabotage the match itself?
1: You're saying that he has to be in the Royal Rumble before he, you're saying that Sammy has to be a participant in the
0: Royal Rumble, correct? I'm saying that the WWE, they have to tell the fans that he's either in this match or not in this match beforehand, because like I said, if you remember, this is what, five, I, like four or five years ago, you had the whole type thing with Daniel Bryan wasn't in the Rumble. I guess it's what, WrestleMania 30 or something like that, when you had the whole tire yes movement and everything. The fans wanted you know Daniel to win so much that it basically sabotaged the Dave Batista winning the Rumble. Where the idea that he wasn't even in it, they basically, you know, when you know when Rey Mysterio came out at 30, they booed Rey Mysterio. Not because they didn't like Rey Mysterio, but but they wanted Daniel Ryan to be part of it. And I think you could have a very similar reaction to a Cody win or a Seth Rollins win if they don't know in advance that Sammy's not even in the match. You know, if if they know, I think Sammy will be in the match and I think there is a chance. I still think Cody wins, but I think there is a legitimate chance that Sammy is so over that maybe they come to the realization that he's good, he's the guy, even for just a moment. But if he's not going to be, I know I'm like kind of, Saying things in circles here, so I do apologize, but I think that it's the WWE could be kicking themselves in the, in their own ass if they ha- if Sammy is not in the match, the but the fans don't know that.
1: No, I agree. I think it has to be announced somewhere that he's going to participate in the Royal Rumble. Uh, you know, because it, and again, that Royal Rumble match has to be after the Universal Championship match. For it to play out the way you want it to play out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's fascinating. I mean, I like, I like, I know I've said this already. I think Cody's going to win. I really do. I think that's the story they've been telling since the day that he showed up uh, for the promo the day after WrestleMania, saying that he his the reason he came back was to win the title that his father never won, and being the guy to dethrone the two year champion. That's the story they've been telling for a year. With injuries, it got derailed. You've already told everybody that he's going to be in the match. As as good as the trilogy was of Cody and Seth Rollins, if I'm seeing that match for a fourth time at WrestleMania again, I'm going to be disappointed personally. If there's a bigger story where it's, you know, Cody versus John Cena or something, I think that could be interesting. We've spoken about that in past weeks. But I don't know what's going to happen here. What's your pick? Is it, do they go with the obvious route of Cody? Do they go with Seth Rollins? Do they go with Sami Zayn? Do they do something out of the box with the return of Steve Austin, who's looks in phenomenal shape from everything you see? You know, if he's going to, if he's doing all this training, it's not just so uh, he could drink more beer and not, and not think about the calories. I mean, what what's your what's your pick for
1: the Royal Rumble? I mean, I'd love for Sammy to win it, but I think I think Cody does win it. There's been like numerous reports about having Roman wrestle both nights at WrestleMania, so possibly you have. It was supposed to be The Rock. But you know, we now know, we now know that the, unless we're being worked, we now know that The Rock is not going to be at WrestleMania. So you could have one night where Roman fights, you know, Steve Austin. You know, um, or even have, you know, you know, say Roman fight Austin and Roman fight Cody for the belt. Could also have, say there's a situation where Cody doesn't win and it's Sammy that wins. You could have a Sammy Roman and do whatever. And you could, you could have Cody Austin. You know, um, I don't know how we get that build up from there, but uh, I don't want to see Cody Seth at all. I mean, you know, in my heart of hearts, I'd love for Seth to, you know, get back on top again. Um, You know, know, carrying a belt. I just don't see at the moment it happening. It's not going to happen with the way Sammy is there. You know, Sammy and Cody are lined up to be able to have a chance to have it. The other person I can think of outside of the box that could get a shot only because of the way he's been built up so much is Austin Theory. But I don't see that, you know, that's a long shot i I think cody wins if i have to gamble on it cody wins and cody's gonna go fight roman for one of the belts
0: Mm. um i always love the idea of you know guys wrestling two nights especially like they've done in the past uh when wrestle kingdom was two nights but i think that it's i think that with the idea of people getting hurt more often nowadays that the idea of having two Advertising somebody to wrestle for two different nights and then if by some chance that someone gets hurt on night one and you basically got to have blow up what you'd want to do on night two, I think that's too risky to have guys wrestle both shows. So, I mean, I, I mean, I love the I think I brought up to you, you know, months ago, the idea of, you know, on night one, you have The Rock when, when we thought that he might be part of it, The Rock, Cody, you know, um, Sammy. John maybe John Cena and Kevin Owens against the bloodline one night. And then the second night you had, you know, at the time, Cody versus Roman for the title or something. You did say that. I remember that
1: now. Yes, you did say that.
0: But you know what?
1: Because they're, they're not kind of protect the participants because they're not all in there the entire time.
0: Right. But what But what happens if you do that? And then Roman Reigns blows up. Fingers crossed something like this happens he does wind up doing it i apologize for jinxing the jinxing the world but if you know for some reason you know roman, Re- roman Reigns roman reign blows out his you know his acl or something on night one in the in the first match then what are you doing for night two you know i mean then you've got to scramble and do 400 different things and the fans who bought tickets to see you know cody versus uh roman reigns are isn't getting that match because you know Roman got hurt on night one. So, I mean, I understand why the idea of not having, you know, these guys wrestling on multiple nights could be a thing. So, right now, we've got 15 guys who have have entered the Royal Rumble so far. I'm sure we'll get a couple of more on SmackDown. Right now, we've got Cody, Kofi, Ricochet, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins. I'm not going to say every time I say his his name is Moniker. Screw all that. Uh, Austin Theory, Gunther, Drew McIntyre, Seamus Omas, Braun Strowman, uh, Baron Corbin, I almost said Bartolo Colon, weird, uh, Santana, uh, Santos Escobar, Ray Mysterio, Karrion Cross. So we've got the first 15. We've already mentioned who he thinks has a chance. Any, uh, any people you would uh, think could be surprises? We've already brought up possibly um, Stone Colds. Um, I think there's a good chance after Monday we'll see Brock Lesnar. I mean, he's on the poster, at least at one point. I think he, think he still is, um, anybody that you would either like to see realistically or you think might be in this that hasn't been announced so far on the men's side.
1: Nothing I can think of, nothing that comes to mind. I really don't want to see a bunch of old timers, you know. I, I I I don't know. I know once in a while they do that as fillers, but I kinda of think we're kind of past that at this point, you know. I, I'm trying to think who else could, you know, who else would be entering. Um you think so? You think Cena's gonna you think Cena's gonna enter? I mean, I guess he
0: could. I mean setting up his wrestling possibly maybe setting up a WrestleMania match with theory, because that's been a you know a rumor. I mean, I got one. I, mean, of- I don't I know neither one of us wants to see it happen because we would like to see this man, you know, sign with uh, the other major North American promotion, but... uh' oh, don't tell me Jay you. White. Damn it, you don't even let me get my punchline out. Damn you. Um This played uh, Jay White, I mean...
1: No, no, God, no, no,
0: no. He, even if he has, like, an AJ Styles run like AJ had, uh, you know, when he first came in at the Royal Rumble a few years back, I mean... I'm, I'm still played. not...
1: I'm still mad that AJ's in WWE. No, I don't need Switchblade over there too. Like, please, no, 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 no. I think no. you need therapy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do need therapy. Um, I guess, is um is uh, Hikaleo and Um Tamatanga's contracts up yet?
0: Um, they might be, and I know that they they have the uh, the Jay White versus the Hikaleo match. You know, I believe at the beginning of the mid-February, so I mean, I mean, I can see, see, you know, something like, I mean, you had last year in the women's match, you had Mickey James, so I mean, could we maybe see, you know, a Josh Alexander, or, you know, a Sammy Sammy Callahan, or a Moose, do you think we- Moose, Moose. Do you think we could see somebody maybe from Impact again? I mean, do we see, like, you know, I know that Matt Cordona, that, I read this, you know, in passing, so- I didn't even know this until I read this, but um, can we see, like, a Matt Cordona return, a.k.a., you know, Zack Ryder? I know he has a a match with, you know, everybody's favorite champion, Tyrus, you know, uh, at an upcoming show, but, I mean, I don't think anybody would e- even know that match is happening. Could we, you know, could we see, like, a return of a Matt Cordona?
1: That's been rumored. It's been rumored for a while. Him and uh, his wife, Chelsea Green, they're supposed to uh,
0: be at Royal Rumble, supposedly. Would you like to see maybe like a bronze, uh, a bronze breaker? Maybe, uh, m- maybe this isn't the official call up, or would you like to see him get the uh, someone of the rub? Yes. like a, uh, a limitless Keith Lee got a couple of years ago. I mean,
1: I, I, uh, when I was talking to my buddy Jason Ellis the other night, we we both brought up that maybe bronze breaker comes up. Um, so that's a possibility for sure. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I think he's ready, I, I think he's ready to come up maybe even maybe uh, uh what's his name our boy there in nxt uh, uh carlos Hay- uh, uh carlos hayes with oh, uh carmelo hayes sorry carmelo hayes i mean maybe he comes up even if it's just for the rumble just to be a filler who knows
0: yeah i mean i think it's good i mean i i would expect maybe the other members of like possibly imperium show up or street profits yeah you know, street profits butch and sundance maybe. Um I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I don't think you're going to get somebody out of nowhere who's going to win the thing that hasn't been, you know, especially announced. Um, On the other end of this, we've got seven people have been announced for the women's uh, Royal Rumble. We both have said already who we think is going to most likely win, but so far we have Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Shayna Baszler, Selena Vega, and Emma, who, uh, if you blink, you may have not realized Emma's actually returned. We haven't had, you know, Bailey or Becky Lynch or Charlotte, who was in the, even though she was champion last year, was an, uh, hasn't been announced yet. I mean, I don't know if they're, they're writing off Becky Lynch after the, the beatdown on Monday. But do you think, uh, who do you think we might see uh, other than the seven so far?
1: Uh, I think uh, uh, what uh, what's her name uh, Sonia Deville. She asked me in there at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, just with everything going on. I think I think Bailey will be in there. I think you know all the damage control will be in there. You know, you know you, that kind of works once in a while having the faction type you know together trying to run the rumble. So I can see that happening. What's up with? Uh, and I apologize for not following or knowing what's going on. What's up with our uh, favorite uh, MMA fighter there? What's, what's going on with her?
0: Um, well Honda uh, Rousey. Um, If you listen to Dave Meltzer, apparently she's not going to be on the show, but you know, things most likely change. I mean, I don't know if, she, I don't think she's hurt. I She most likely is just getting a little bit of time off maybe right. mania, which, you know, would I be shocked if she shows up in the rumble? No, not at all. Um. I do think it's like I said, I do think it's interesting that they haven't uh, named Becky Lynch in the Rumble. You would think if she's on TV every week, that wouldn't be like, you, you wouldn't need to have her as a surprise entrant. Right. Um, I think that, I mean, I think it's going to happen, but I mean, I think that, you know, after having the Women's Rumble for the last like four or five or maybe more years, the the need to have, you know, so many you want to say alumni come back, that's a nice way of saying it. Like, do we still need Trish Stratus and Lita in this match every year? I mean, they're nice pops, but I mean, I mean, are we going to have, you know, 12 members of the NXT uh, women's division come in? I mean, I think, oh, Natty's, I think Natty's hurt. I mean, I think the big one that, I don't think she has any chance of winning, but I think the big person I think people are waiting to find out is Naomi. If uh, she's a surprise nice. Everything you read, and here is the fact that nobody knows for sure if she's officially, you know, is back or not. But everybody expects that she's gonna gonna be back.
1: I also thought about uh, Beth Phoenix and Edge. I mean, Edge obviously in the men's Royal Rumble, but you know, those two could come back in an alumni situation. Mm-hmm. You know, not saying either one of them win it per se, but just come in as a filler for the night type thing. I mean, could definitely do that.
0: Would, would you like to see Mickey James again in the, in the Rumble?
1: I'll have to see Mickey James. Any chance I can see Mickey James. So, and yes. We
0: will, and we will stop that at that before we get canceled. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm going to say this for Harry. I love my wife. I love my wife. I love my wife. Uh, I do love my wife,
1: but she doesn't love Mickey James, too. So.
0: <laughs> but, you know, I, I do wonder. I mean, there, there were rumors a few months back that, you know, maybe like a Kyrie Sane couldn't, couldn't, come back for a one-off, you know, because of the somewhat of the, the relationship they have put together with, you know, new Japan and other, other, you know, outlets I, for the men, as much as we know he could barely move anymore. He's, he's on the never ending retirement tour. Do you think we see, could we possibly see the great Muda in uh, the world rumble for you know 30 seconds?
1: I guess you could. Uh, also, I believe I read somewhere that, uh, Naito is, uh, a free agent right now. So maybe you can see Naito come just for one night. Not that he'd do anything important. I know his, you know, his knees and everything are a shot and back and all that, but Naito supposedly doesn't have a contract right now. So yeah. I mean, I, I read that, you know, earlier in the week. So yeah, Sean be proud of me. I'm catching up on all my new Japan stuff. So I actually know what I'm talking about now. So I can't yeah. talk to Sean next time, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's always interesting. They always throw us some, you know, there's always, they throw some curveballs at us, you know. You know, uh, well, we, we we do know there'll be no Santino Morella, you know, this time, you know, him and his, you know, snake and all that. I mean, I guess he could for one night. He yeah. does have it in his claws.
0: I think it's interesting, like I said. I mean, I think we all expect that the, it's either going to be Rear, Rear Ripley or most likely Beth, uh Becky Lynch winning the women's rumble. I think that's what most people would predict, right? But you know what? Every year, I said this before. It's my favorite, favorite show of the year. It's kind of the one. Like, I'll be honest. There are still parts of WrestleMania I have not seen, but I have watched. I have watched. I have watched the Royal Rumble in its entirety. As much of a, of a shit show as it was last year, I'm still looking forward. And you know what? If I didn't have work and I if I had extra. Extra funds, I would uh, think about going to uh, Texas, which I've never been to, to see the Royal Rumble. It's my favorite show of the year.
1: Do, I mean, do you think we see a
0: like a, a
1: cameo Sean Michaels? Because we're in San Antonio.
0: No? no, but I do think we might. Like I said before, we might see uh, Steve Austin. Yeah, I've probably seeing Steve Austin.
1: I can see that happening. Yeah. So
0: I, I mean, I would,
1: I, I'd love to go to a Royal rumble at some point. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's just, it's a very, it's just a unique, a unique event. You know, it's very unique. You know, Jim Duggan won the first one know, Hacksaw, you know, and I'll never forget that night when I saw it, I, you know, it caught me off guard. So I was always a fan ever since. So um, I'm looking forward to it, but I do think your boy, your boy Cody wins.
0: That's right, my boy, uh, my boy Cody Rhodes. Uh, <laughs> entering at number thirty, we hear it. We hear this. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm to, we hear the song Cult of Personality" and Harry turns his TV off in disgust. Oh, uh,
1: Do you really think that's even possible? Do you think that's possible? No, he's still, he's still
0: freaking rehabbing. He's that's,
1: he's not- he's still the contract right. AEW, anyways, right? Okay.
0: So No, I, <sighs> I just think that's. I, 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 but you know what? I love the idea. That with all the things going on, that you could see anything could possibly happen at a Royal Rumble. That's what makes the Royal Rumble fun—the idea right. the that people you haven't seen in years could come back, people who you could have new signings can, de- can debut. You could have people who, like at the time, which it didn't turn—it didn't turn out the best in the long run because of you know COVID and different things. Because, of, but Keith Lee became a star overnight because of the Royal Rumble. You know, I mean, you could have, I mean, uh, one thing I do not want to see. I do not want to see Brock Lesnar win the Royal Rumble. That's, we've done that. We've seen that. Let's move on with that. I mean, like when I saw the event live uh, back, you know, tr- feels like 20 years ago when John Cena came back. One of the key moments in that Rumble was Rowdy Piper and Jimmy Snooker had, uh, were in the same ring together for the first time in forever. And it was like the, the world stood still for that moment. It's one of those moments that you sit there and you go, I was there for that, you know? And could could the Royal Rumble be a disaster? Certain years it is, but overall, it's a hard, I, I feel like it is a hard match to screw up. Do you like the idea of, as we come to a close here, do you like the idea that there's only three matches, only sing, three singles matches at this point? And the rumble matches themselves or do you want to see uh like another ma- I'm not saying what type of matches but but do you want to see like another match or two added or are you good with the uh the current lineup
1: no I'm good with the current lineup I think the women's raw rumble and the men's raw rumble will be long enough so I, I think that the current lineup they have is is fair
0: my pick Pat McAfee just kidding um oh God I can see Pat McAfee now that he's done with uh, college football uh, responsibilities i could see him uh be a uh, surprise entry in the royal rumble and you know be in there for like a minute or two and have a little fun
1: yeah i could see that i guess i just don't want him winning it you know i don't want to push no, around no,
0: it, but... no, no. i don't see him winning um but i think we had another really interesting show i think that every week uh you're getting a little bit more comfortable which i'm i'm proud to take all the credit for because you know that's what i do i take credit for other people's successes and and wash away all my failures as a result. Um, I guess the the last thing to just let people know, if you're in the Chicago area, uh, Impact Wrestling will be uh, running quite a few shows this year. Uh, They're going to be running the Impact Spring Slugfest, April 28th and 29th at Cicero Stadium, which uh, I saw a show at MLW there. Nice little venue. Uh, You got Chicago Heat sounds like a, uh, interesting prison film, uh, July 28th and 29th bound for glory is October 21st. And the fallout impact, uh, episode is on October 22nd. I've already seen a couple of people in uh, the iHeart wrestling, uh, Facebook page have said that they might be interested in going. So, uh, you know, you always want to spread a little bit of that. Um, what's your thoughts before we get out of here on, uh, because I know you said you had a chance to watch Impact uh, last week for the first time in quite a long time. What's your thoughts on them taking this uh, big swing of running a uh, couple of shows in the uh, the new, apparently the new mecca of wrestling, uh, Chicago?
1: I, I don't blame them for taking the shot at it. I think that they're they're building up some good, you know, characters. They signed Jonathan Gresham a few months back. That was a big right. deal to me. I think that was really good. Uh, then they got um, Frankie Kazarian back at the night of hard of the pay per view of the Hard to Kill, and then with Mickey, you know, being the champ now, you know, I think that's interest, an interesting take. And then they kind of have Jordan Grace and her both being a face at the moment. I didn't catch last night's episode, uh, but I did catch last week's, and uh, so it was like you know, Bully came out to kind of like you know, try and tell her what to do, and then. You know, uh, he brought out, you know, uh, of course, I'm forgetting their names, but um, two two other wrestlers to try and rough up Mickey and then Jordan uh, Grace came I out. I
0: believe it was Tasha Steels and some. Yes, Ransom yes. Evan.
1: That's who it was. Yes. I just couldn't remember the names. But yes, that's who it was. Uh, so, um, you know, that was interesting. I think the only thing Impact is missing is a, is a, a newer heel, all due respect to Bully Ray, but, you know him being the top heel, you know, in a in a promotion that's trying to grow, it's only good for so long. So maybe they groomed Jonathan Gresham to be the next heel. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Josh Alexander is your face at the moment. He's a phenomenal wrestler. So I really like him. Uh, the Joe Joe Henry, Henry, you yeah. know, Moose had a great match at Hard to Kill. I think it's a good shot. I think they can do it. They do have to keep building their talent. And they got some of the Bullet Club guys there as well. Um, there's a Chris Bay and there's one other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's a good chance, and I think that in Chicago, I mean, I didn't realize Chicago was so huge on wrestling till I met It's Miller and Felipe and all them. You know, Chicago is die hard for wrestling, man. It's, it's just as big as uh, Philadelphia or, or New York, that, you know, that, that I've seen. So I think that if you're gonna take a chance to leave
0: Atlanta. That's the place to go. And uh, this segment was is called. Harry told me last week that he watched Impact Wrestling, so I put Harry on the spot to talk about Impact Wrestling. Uh, but I did. Yes, and you did a quite good job there. Um, so as we come to a close, everyone should absolutely check out Harry's uh, Facebook group, uh, Wrestling Purist, and of course the iHeart Wrestling Facebook group and. Wrestling Life. And you know what? Uh we as you see, we we go onto the each one of these Facebook groups and see what they're talking about and bring them up if we can on the show. I usually go and laugh at them. Harry takes them seriously. So there's the, the yin and the yang. <laughs> the yin and the yang of it But um for all of you out there who uh have been touched by um the conversations and the specials and everything else going on with Jay Briscoe. Once again, um, in the uh, description for this episode, uh, the go the I, I don't think it's a GoFundMe, but the version of a GoFundMe for uh, Jay Briscoe's family will be in the description again. The link uh, last time I checked, they were over uh, three hundred thousand dollars that has been raised for the family. Um, a W. We don't get any money from this, of course, but you can go to shopaw.com and. Uh, get the new Jay Briscoe Reach for the Sky uh, t-shirt, which I believe my partner in crime, Harry, actually picked one up recently. I think I saw that. Yes, I bought it last night. Very cool. Um, and also in the description, I put I will have the link for uh, the ROH um, s- tribute that they, uh, they did for uh, Jay Briscoe. Well worth a watch to, for either a first-time fan or someone who wants to go and just... Feel uh, a little bit more of the passion and the, the importance that Jay Briscoe was, but I think I said this last week and Harry, I believe, as well. If you learn anything from these type of situations, what you can do today, don't wait for tomorrow because you, you never know if tomorrow will come. You think that you have years to go and say I love you to someone or to reach out and see how someone's doing, someone who might be in pain or not sure on what they are feeling. And sometimes people don't know how to say they need help. You know, we had recently, I think it was the Amari Miller in NXT. Apparently, you know, is taking some time off because she's had some mental health issues as of late. You know, we've had a lot of tragedies in the wrestling industry and just in general in this, you know, in the world. So not to be preachy, but if you have something you want to say today, don't wait till tomorrow because you never know if it's actually going to be be there. And, you know, if you call somebody and say you love them, even if you want to bust their balls like I do to Harry every week, it's good to go and let people know that you care. We miss you, Jay Briscoe. I know I said this last week, but I'm going to say this most likely for a couple of weeks going forward. Top five, dead or alive. Jay Briscoe, you will be in our memory for quite a while, and I'm glad that... Warner Brothers Discovery, for whatever reason why they did it, we'll never know. Came to their senses. And we know that he may have not gotten the graphic as of yet, but Mark Briscoe is all elite in our hearts. And hopefully one day in AEW, we'll know we see him in ROH. Harry, I know I put a lot of, you know, tough things there at the very end, but um I do appreciate the fact that you brought me on this journey. We're gonna have tough, you know, conversations at times. Sometimes we're just gonna be, you know. Bitching on the fact that, you know, Tony Khan doesn't know what he's doing on booking, you know, Orange Cassidy to get wins against people he shouldn't or, or Dan Housen, you know, this or that or Vince, you know, being back in power. But, you know what, these are the conversations that people really want to, you know, talk about and understand. So this is a weird way to transition to saying, you know, check out podcasts that I'm a part of. But unfortunately, there's no other way to do it. Check out all the episodes of the WorkShoot Wrestling Podcast. Also, check out coming back in hopefully the next few weeks, You Don't Know Jackie uh, TV Podcast, where we'll be talking about you know some of your favorite shows or letting you know shows that you should check out. But, you know, the final word is yours, Harry. I stole it last week, but the floor is yours.
1: We love you, Jay Briscoe. Thank you for having me done for us. This company has been my life
0: my family when you walk down that dark alley brother you want to know who's got your back and I'm telling you that's family that's family